What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the FN Story. A little bit different. Don't think I've had anyone that does photography or videography. Um, or well, maybe they do, but like not focuses on it. Anyway, long story short, have Zach's on here. Zach's is a photographer, videographer. Has some awesome shots. You guys have probably seen them. Um, also has done some other things outside of Fortnite, which I'm excited to talk about. A lot of Fortnite, typically, but. Would love to talk about it all. What's going on, Zach? What's going on? Great intro, a little intro. Okay, hey, you got I like to. It. You know? I like it. You're coming on. Got to hype it up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So let's let's start off with like how you got started in photography because you've now done a bunch of different stuff. I mean, heck, I'm on your website. There's <laughs> a ton of different options here. If I just want to like, if I want my picture taken, it looks like you're my guy. Um, <laughs> But how did you get started in all of it? Surprisingly, I, I got started. I didn't do it really as a career until I was outside of high school. Okay. But in high school, I was uh, a student aide for my photography class. So I started around like my sophomore year of high school. I, I I really liked like taking pictures. When I, even when I was younger, uh, I liked taking pictures. And when I got to high school, it was one of the electives that I had in um for for my classes. So I took it. I didn't think I was gonna like do it as a career. I never thought about doing it seriously. Um, then right after that first, like after that year was done, my junior year, I applied to be a student aide to help the teacher teach a kid, you know, teach the rest of the kids to um, how to do photography. And we actually started on film. We started on film photography. Okay. So I think from that until I graduated, I was a student aide each year for about three classes out of the day. So what was good about it. While it didn't go to my credits, what was good about it, I basically had three free periods in the day <laughs> as a junior too, and not even as a senior. Nice. So that was that was a you know that was one of the like the best things. Like I, I and I still had enough credits to the, to graduate and do all that. But um, but yeah, that's basically how it started. When COVID hit, um, it was you know, uh, the stimulus checks. You know, the stimulus checks that they yeah. they gave. What I did with it is because since this, I have a lot of people in the house, like the family. I have like three, two other brothers, so I I could have I used my stimulus check to buy my first camera. Wow. So like I know FBI don't come at me, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I used it to buy my first camera. It's a, it's it's a very weird period though. It was a very weird period because you can't really I couldn't really go outside. Mm-hmm. And I had COVID that December, but when I bought it, I, I was like, man, like, I, I love what I do, but like, how am I going to make this a career? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So that's basically how I started. I started right in COVID, which is crazy. Yeah. When nobody was allowed to get near you and you're trying to take right. pictures of them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that makes sense though. Like to stimulate like the stimulus check you used it for like your now business i feel like you know you say fbi don't come after you that that seems yeah. like almost the exact use that like you should be using it for is to create then more business and opportunities yeah. for yourself down the road so okay we start in covid do you just kind of start taking pictures and throwing them on the internet like how do you even get a gig from anybody oh. Dude, it was so. What I did is, it was I didn't really talk to a lot of the people I talked to in high school at the time. But what I did is, I reached out to the people I did know in high school, mm -hmm. and um, I basically told them I was like, "Yo, 
I will I will give you a photo shoot for f- completely free, and all you got to do is just pose. You know, like we'll we'll go to locations and stuff like that. So that's pretty much how I started it was doing free shoots for uh, like that whole year of COVID. I was doing free photo shoots for my friends, and so that I, surprisingly I still do free photo shoots for the same people that that agreed to do it. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Just because You're helping of the, out the people that, that started. Exactly. Exactly. They they helped me start, so I still repay them. At, like now, I still do free free shoots for them. But yeah, it was um, it was weird because like you can't have weddings. There was no weddings, so I didn't do weddings at the time. I really only did like lifestyle. Like you go outside, you bring a model with you, and and, and you take some pictures. That's all I really did until after COVID ended is when I did weddings and all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now. Did that exclusively start with your friends? Like, I'm I'm very curious because yeah. for me, like with casting gigs, you just kind of have to find random events on the on the internet and be like, "Yo, let, let me let me cast that." And that's how I got started. But for you, I would imagine it's somewhat similar, like family friends and friends of friends, and like how do you kind of expand this into doing it all over the place? Surprisingly. I'd never, I never did shoots with family members, which is a little, like, hmm. you know, that would be the go-to if you really think about it. Yeah, I, I did, I, I did photo shoots with my friends mainly, but how I expanded was pretty much uh, hitting up different people, and also the the friends that I did have at the time when I was doing photo shoots with them, they obviously would have connects to all their friends that need photo shoots done. So pretty much, I think uh, my first. Yeah, my first wedding that I did was right after COVID, and um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I had a friend. I did her photo shoot, and she said, "I have this guy that that um, he's really big on TikTok. His name's uh, Rel the Remedy. Okay, he has like a million followers on, on on TikTok. I didn't know it at the time, obviously, but she was like, I have this friend who does weddings, and he needs somebody to help him do weddings, and he'll pay you.' I was like. That's a great start. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was like, why not? So I started and um, I started and then he pretty much helped me get gigs for other weddings and help him with weddings as well. So that's pretty much how I started out making it into a business. It took me a while to um, to start doing esports, though. Mm-hmm. It took me a little while to start doing esports and what I do now, boxing. I was doing mainly street photography, lifestyle photography, but those are were more of just like I want to do. I want to do that. Those out of passion, not really like for to generate any money. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So that I'll, that and that's still the thought process to this day. Is I do that kind of stuff to to really like you know you know keep sharp of my creativity, and then obviously weddings and all that stuff like that are to generate that the money so I can invest back into the business. Yeah, so you got the stuff to pay the bills, and you got the stuff that it's like, all right, this is what I want to yeah. do. Let me go out here shoot some stuff. That, that's cool. I I really like that. And um, for for you getting into esports, I can imagine one. I know you from Fortnite shoots and there's been, I, I could probably count them the number of actual in-person Fortnite events that have happened. Mm-hmm. So definitely can't be an actual career unless you get picked up by an org and you're doing stuff with yeah. them. So I can imagine why you made the pivot, but how'd you get into doing various gaming things? You know, what's what's, what's crazy about, about that is, Basically, I started following Fortnite mainly because of uh, Arab. 
Okay. Right. So I started Fortnite because of the Arab, and also I, he was he was the first like influencer I did shoot. I, I literally traveled to Florida to go shoot with the guy. Nice. But basically, what I did is I uh, I messaged after that shoot, after that Arab shoot. That was like the first one that really got me to like for for people to look at me. Like Monster, Monster was the one that um that that he he hit me up first. Uh, when after he saw the Arab shoot, he started supporting a lot more right after that. But what I did after that shoot was uh that was kind of my introduction you know what i mean okay yeah um so after that shoot i messaged uh various orgs uh so tna at the time you know what i mean I, like i i messaged uh, uh optimal ambition i messaged everybody like everybody you could think of i was messaging their owners i'm like hey i, I would love to do like a, a merch shoot with you guys uh if you guys would send me the clothes it'd be it'd be dope and um nobody really responded but except away Mm. That's how that's how I got started. I actually have the hoodie. Can you give me a real yeah, quick second? I'll show you the hoodie. All right, give me a second. Oh, I still got it to the day too, and everything. You got a little pink OA. They sent me um like a whole bunch of uh a whole bunch of hoodies and a whole bunch of um shirt and like sweatpants and stuff like that. And I, I told them I would uh, I would shoot for free as long as they send me <clears throat> the clothes, and they were super nice. Like I, I would say, they're they're one of the nicest organizations, mm-hmm. and, like nicest people that I've ever re- like you know interacted with on, on on Twitter or X. Now it is, but um, they're like what the org that I, I really like the people in that org you know what i mean yeah now so they, they uh, much, yeah they sent me everything I'd, i feel bad man i feel bad they're not an org they're not really an org but there was like the people that like um her name's trixie trixie is the one I, I i messaged and um she pretty much said yeah she sent me all different like she sent me like six pairs of hoodies uh two sweatpants and actually three pairs of hoodies just for just myself sweatpants for just myself so that was like my real introduction to esports and it was a great thing for the for my portfolio you know what i mean yeah because then you kind of get like the the business case behind it like hey yo i i did this for them they sold merch you guys should hit me up but also you shouldn't feel bad like you did work for them and they gave you yeah. apparel in return um, no, I just feel bad they're not at org anymore. Uh, you know, they, they were super nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, both the the orgs you named TNA and Optimal Ambition aren't aren't around anymore. Although yeah, Kirsch teases every once in a while, he's coming back. I don't see it happening. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Orgs have come and gone, and people that are listening may not even know who Optimal Ambition are. It's but crazy, it's crazy. Man. They had like sticks was signed. They had aspect i believe I'm trying to think who else like, like again who fishy. Who fishy. yeah who fishy that's when who fishy was balling yeah um, and, and but what was crazy like what was crazy about it is like now looking back at it i i did message japo and i messaged curse surprisingly even i i they're like the one team that like i didn't i did uh i did message and i i actually ended up working with them but later on Okay. Like for invitational and stuff like that. So I ended up did I ended up working for TNA. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that was my like because I used to play. Um, and, and I think right now Fortnite's at a great spot with the OG stuff. But um, by the way, I 
but I think org wise, it's such at a weird spot. Uh, and you would obviously know more than me, but I used to play a lot of competitive. And I used to like Fortnite was like before I started photography, I was streaming six, seven hours a day, just playing Fortnite, doing the tournaments and all that stuff like that. And um, I got decently good. I got decently good. <laughs> Not going to toot my own horn, but um, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Fortnite for me right now, like org wise is at a very weird spot because it doesn't seem like they're, they're doing much for third part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's hard to be an organization I, at the same time of it's hard to people are going to say fortnite doesn't support works but at on the other hand fortnite has created a great infrastructure to support orgs so it's more on like the organization to figure it out and get there versus okay here fortnite epic games gonna pay you x amount of money to play in their game to have a roster versus there are some teams actually i don't even know that there's really many but if you could build out a solid creative map team you could build out solid content teams which is another part of the problem with fortnite rosters is people are not all in one place so unless you're signing a bunch of people and like moving them into a location you can't even really shoot with the talent that you're Mm. playing with or hiring um which makes it impossible so like it is difficult. It is hard, but I think it can be done. Um, but you need patience. You need to create actual fandom, and you need to do things differently than most organizations have done so far. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 def- I would definitely agree. I, I don't know as much about it, just because. Yeah, I've worked with so many orgs, so like I only know like the the orgs perspective of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I really only know the worst perspective because I talk with Fifty a lot because I work. I I did a I, um, I work for Dignitas too. Um, okay. So like even talking to Fifty and talking to like various other org owners and stuff like that, like Elite Esports with uh, Aaron. Um, like I only really see the org's perspective. I I, I could see how you how the point would come across for for Epic's perspective. You know what I mean? But there yeah. definitely could things could be things that have been done you know how they can do to better the org and the org's relationship with with epic games you know what i mean yeah 100 i mean one of the simple things was before this biggest global championship they're like yeah actually so they said org names could be in player names and then they couldn't and then actually they could so it's like bro this is the biggest event of the year if i can't even have (laughs) my player representing in that like why am i signing competitive players so that's a big piece of it and i I totally get why orgs don't want to get involved in the game like it is not a simple game to make money in um but there is i there is a path there that's in my brain that someone can do um back to you though before we go on this massive tangent (laughs) about orgs uh you went ahead and spoke with uh, OA, and then you said that kind of gave you a portfolio to jump in and spread your wings, kind of figure out other ways to get shots. And what was like your favorite shoot so far in Fortnite uh, or gaming in general? Oh, man, that's hard because there's so many. You know what I mean? Like, I was um there's so many like if you're talking about enjoyment over a couple pe- a couple days and you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, 
it would definitely probably be um, either the shoot I did with Crip or the week that I worked with Dignitas. While the content wasn't top tier, looking back at it now, mm-hmm. that was one of the best weeks I've ever had. Just like pure, purely uh, like shooting with the organization. If we're talking about one picture, it has to be the study picture. Like, <laughs> Like it has to, like you know what I mean. Like if I don't say that, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, but I was at such a like, like at the time, uh, with the SETI picture, I'm like, I didn't even realize I took it. Like looking back, I don't looking back at it now. I hardly remember what I even did before I took that picture. You know what I mean? All right. Let me for anyone listening or watching and trying to understand what he's referencing. So you guys have probably all seen the picture. If you're fans of competitive Fortnite at the FNCS invitational in 2022, Queasy and Vino land on Cammy and Seti in the last game, Cammy and Seti kill them. And then you see, uh, Seti just flipping them the bird and looking in the direction. And there's an awesome picture. You can find it on Zach's X, uh, profile. He, he has it right up there. That's the, the picture he's referencing. And, Again, that's an iconic picture. Like, uh, you may never do Fortnite again, yet you will be remembered in Fortnite, whether or not people know it that it's right. like actually you. Yeah, no, exactly. And there was even like, um, I worked uh, one of the meet and greets I Dignitas did, and uh, and literally like a kid came up to me. He's you, Zax. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, that study picture was awesome. I was like. Okay. What? I'm not, you know what I mean? I've never had that like kind of stuff happen to me before. But yeah, the steady picture. I think the two biggest shoots that propelled me into uh, even getting f- farther and farther in esports were definitely the shoots. Uh, it was Crip and, and obviously Seti's picture. Right after the Seti picture, people went crazy over it, Man. and even like it landed me stuff to do, like you know, to work with Elite, to work with other people. You know what I mean? Crip was the one that actually got me the or the the uh, got me to work with Elite. Okay, so that's that's how I started working with Elite and Dignitas too. Like, like again, like I've worked with so many or so um, the two biggest ones were Dignitas and Elite. Elite, I worked with a, a, a hell of a more, like a lot more times than i've worked with uh dignitas but uh basically 50 saw the crip shoot and i was at the beach i remember when 50 messaged me i'm like who's 50 like who who is this guy i look at he i'm i'm looking at it i'm like dignitas at the time i knew who dignitas well i was i was pretty i was still into fortnite competitive yeah i was like dignitas who's that i'm like oh oh (laughs) got dukes what because uh, I didn't, I didn't know it. And I think this was um, Dukes had just. When did David Tassan Dukes? Was it after he won with Booga or before? I, I'm trying to. Like, I th- it definitely was after because I feel like after, when right? they won, when it was still trios, Dignitas was not involved really. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm scrolling. I'm at the beach, and, and he hits me up. I start getting excited. I'm like, yo, like. Yo, this is crazy. It's because I like I worked with Dinatops before I worked with Elite. Uh Dinatops were my first T one org that I worked with. Okay. So um so yeah, I'm I'm scrolling and then we we get down to it and we're at the 76ers practice facility. 
for a week. A week straight, I'm at the 76 spot facility, which is crazy. I was like, yo, this is nuts. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and um, that whole week, I was pretty much uh, for the boot camp for FNCS, where I think it was Miro came second by like one point. I'm trying to remember. Was it Commandment? I'm trying to remember who won that one. I commandment who. The one where Miro literally, like, he was one point behind, like, one point, uh, he lost by one point when, um, when the guy got, like, his last game, he went crazy and, and just beat him out. I think that was what. Commandment. Would that have been in the fall, right? I think it was during summertime. It was everyone summertime. Oh. I, I remember, remember it being really hot. I remember it being really hot those days. That's okay. why. But, um. I think it was, yeah, it was Commandment. And it, I, I think, yeah, it was Commandment. And this is both for Invitationals. Yeah, that makes sense because they would have, Invitational was in October. So then they would have had, mm-hmm. like, August would have been the last FNCS. Yeah. So, yeah, about, about yeah, August. Yeah, so for, for like, a, um, I got a week straight, I worked with them. And that got me a really good relationship with, with Dukes, Miro, Polarized, and um, I forgot who else was there. Trying to remember. Oh my god, I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was just um three. Yeah. Duke Miro polarized. Yeah, it was just um three. Uh and obviously Henry, who's uh Dignitas manager, because 50 couldn't make it at the time. But it got me a really good relationship with them to the point where like even after it, they vote like um Dukes is one of the nicest kids I met ever. Like in in, in my whole like career doing this mm-hmm. like he's one of the nicest kids like i, I met even at invitational even when i was like at the events duke was, he would come up to me he said zach what's up how you doing i'm like yo like you would remember me and stuff like that you know what i mean like that, it, it kind of goes out like usually what people in that uh position what i do it, it often gets overlooked and like they most people don't remember you right so for me what i what i try to do um while trying to to, to do great work is to make connections and, and to, you know, bring out my personality when I'm working too. And not just being this guy who's like air picture done. You know what and I mean? Silent behind the camera, yeah. just going to email you something afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so I, I had a, I, I had a great relationship with them and, um, and they're, they're all, they're all dope. I, I polarize Dukes, Miro. They're, they're all great kids and I'm yeah. happy for Miro. I um I would agree. I I had a chance. The only one like I actually spoke to was Dukes, and that was at Gamers Eight the first time. Good kid, just like kind of quiet, humble, not mm. really going crazy, confident in himself. But I, I appreciate him, and he always gets kind of the short end of the stick, being short. Everyone gives gives him shit because he's a short <laughs> no kid. No pun intended. Like, no pun intended. Yeah, it's just you know he's a good sport about it, and. He's honestly sick of the game, so they could all go shove it. Oh yeah, so right. <laughs> which is cool. Like, you can't really, you can't really make fun of this man. Who made so much money off of it. Like, even if he stands on his money, he'll be taller than me. So I can't make, I can't make fun <laughs> of his like, You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, but he he's he's so nice, man. And um, like pretty much like I don't, I've never had a problem with anybody in the in the scene at all. I've never really had a problem with anybody. Seen every everybody in the scene has been like so generous and, and nice especially i i have to shout him out panda is one of the nicest guys i've ever met in in my whole career. like this man let me he didn't know me like like that like crazy amount and he still let me stay at his house in north carolina 
for Invitational, and I couldn't have done what I did in Invitational without him. So I always, I always show love, show love to him because he's like one of the guys who really supported me and 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 um and really showed me I can do it as a career. I just want to say, part of me does want to get back into the Fortnite scene because I know I'm, I'm coming up. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about going. Um, it would just have to be in an org would even want to invest in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's just really based on that. But I definitely, I definitely do. I hope there's some uh, good events coming up in 2024, so you boy can get back into the to the scene because. I think one of the things I regret, and I say I told us to Panda too. One of the things I regret is even talking about leaving the scene. It was very, it was for me. It's very stupid. Yeah, but you don't have to though. Like no one cares. You want to come back, take pictures. You want to exactly, shoot some yeah. stuff. Like you know, no one cares. Just do it. Yeah, but it just hindered it hinders people wanting to uh to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like me saying, "Oh, I'm not going to be in the Fortnite scene," and like there's you know. And that post got a little bit of traction. Like they, they wouldn't even, they, they wouldn't even think about it. You know what I mean? Like if say if I, if I, say if I never posted that right, and I, and I stayed doing it guys, most likely an org would have hit me up to do globals. Because yeah, I know the org needed people for globals. You know what I mean? So um, I'm saying you know what I mean a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> You're good. I think the hard part, especially with some like globals, is like you're US based. So it's just way cheaper to find someone in Europe versus fly you yeah. out. Um but you also do good work. And I think that's one of the things that I appreciate the most is it's anyone can be a photographer, not anyone can be a good photographer. And Next. I think you understanding the game, understanding the like players and people the personalities helps the photographs that you take go to that next level um it's weird to say but i feel like you create personality or like show personality whether it be the people or yourself when i kind of like i'm just scrolling through right now (laughs) and the things that you put on your profile are kind of solid and it shows who these people are and you get a sense of that just from a picture, which is cool. Um, which appreciate that, man. Thank it, you. I think is one of the, the downsides of the way Fortnite is ran because we don't get the personality, the people aspect of it as much because 90% of the events are online. So people are just yeah. online doing their thing and maybe they're streaming, but even then it's still not the same as being in person at an event. Um, and people like yourself capturing those moments, like those are amazing. And within, I know you're a sports guy within like sports as well. Like the photographs, the capturing of the moment is so huge. And like, those are the things that people, their memory is jogged by. Oh dude, remember that Des Bryant catch where he bobbled it and then they called it not a catch. There's yeah. a picture of that. And I'm sure that picture, if you guys watch the NFL came right into your brain. So like there's certain things that just kind of re reinvigorate that memory, um, mm. and that's what f- photography and videography do. But yeah, I would say like I think one of the most overlooked things about what I do is like people think they can often think they could just do it exactly how I do it and it become successful. Not saying I'm successful and I have all this money, you know what I mean? Like, but 
they think they could pick up a camera, you know, look up a couple presets and, and really just shoot, run and gun shoot and think they're going to become the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's, that's one of the most, oh, and, and you don't know how many times I've got, oh my God, that camera is so good. It takes such a good picture. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. If you tell <laughs> me that, I will spaz, but not at you, but I will spaz when I get out. Like, when I'm out to shoot and I get into the car, I'm I'm getting heated. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like that's like let, let me give it a Fortnite analogy. That's like telling clicks, dude, your keyboard's so good, man. It, you play good because of that keyboard, right? Like, no, like it's not it's not the keyboard that does it. It's the hands. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it's not the camera that does it. it. It obviously there's there's parts of it that can alter your image to make it look better. Lenses, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but you can't just I, if I hand somebody a camera that doesn't know how to do photography and put it all on manual settings, ninety percent of the time they're not gonna know what to do. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's what yeah, I would and, not and know what to do. And, and I think that's what people often overlook about what I do. They think it's so easy. I'm like, you try it then. I've done it. I, I've literally told because like because I feel I, I feel personally like I was on a shoot and I personally felt disrespected. So I handed them the camera. I said, here, try it. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Cause I, and that's like, oh, it's so overlooked. Like people don't think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's not easy. Right. And I respect people that can go ahead and do it because I am not one of those people I've tried. I can take a decent mm-hmm. picture, but I can't take a good picture. I don't know how to set up the scene, set up the camera. So it looks great. I understand basic lighting. I can turn my lights on. I don't for this podcast because it gives me a mm. headache. Um, mm. But you know, when I'm on a show, you throw, throw lights on, it looks better. That's, that's about as in depth as I go of like, you want light mm. in front of you. You don't want strong light behind you. You don't want huge shadows. That's kind of the best I got, yeah. but as far no, that's as good. having the basic understandings are always a great base of, of doing photography or videography, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for you, you've kind of used this as a launching pad. So I know you from your Fortnite work. I believe Atlanta was the last time that we got to, to chat. Yeah. Um, yes. So it's been almost a year now, but you've now jumped into the boxing and sports seen a little more like what has yeah. that been how, one how did you get into doing stuff like that and like who are you working with tell me about that all right so um i think it was around it was right before invitational i think that june is when i started doing shooting boxing i'm a big boxer man i watch boxing all my life as you can see by my twitter page uh you can see i i i rant about boxing pretty much all the time when there's a big fight going on so uh i, I rant about it all the time but um around that, around june i think before Wait, that, hold too, on, that hold on. do you watch the Nganu, uh fury I fight did. I don't get me started on that oh, <laughs> i will i will rant about that i will <laughs> rant about that when the time comes but Pretty much um, around around June, uh, I didn't start. I started around May, but I went to a, a not a local, but it's a couple like 15, 20 minutes away from me. I went to a boxing gym and I offered the people again. I I I'll I'll, I'll say one thing to any photographers, even like I say this all the time to the photographers I know. You have to offer something for free to get to the next step. So that's what I did. 
that's how I got to where I got to, right? I went to the Boston gym. I asked him, I'm like, yo, can I take some pictures of you guys training for free? And I got you. I, you know, whatever you guys, you know, want to do, I'm down. I will, I will shoot. So um, that happened. I built up a, a nice little portfolio of um, a boxing uh, shots and stuff like that. And then I went to, uh, and, yeah, and I went to uh, two amateur events in June. One of them were up in North Jersey. Uh, it was actually near New Brunswick. Okay. It was uh, amateur uh, Golden Gloves. That's what they call it. So amateur Golden Gloves, uh, NJ Golden Gloves. I went there, and the guy I, I was going to shoot there, he, he didn't have an opponent. His opponent pulled out last second. So I took some shots, went back home. But that's like an hour and a half drive. So I was like already like, oh, my God, I wasted. You know what I mean? But. I knew with that experience the the next week that came up, uh, the local gym to uh, an event at uh, I don't know if you ever been to like Camden Waterfront and, and um or anybody that's been to New Jersey, uh, if you go right there for uh, right next to Philadelphia um the waterfront or Penn's Landing, uh, it's what they call the Battleship. Okay. They put on an event there, and uh, there was a fighter by the name of Raymond Ford. And I still shoot with them to this day, Team Ford. You know what I mean. But um, especially with them to this day, but he was there, and what I did is that uh, is that while I was taking shots of, uh, of the fights happening, uh, and I didn't go ringside. I asked, and they said no. You know, you, you got to ask at least, right? Yeah, you always got to try. Yeah, so I took a shot of him at the end, and then went up to him. I said, "Yo, uh, my name is Zach. If you need a photographer, I'd I'd love to work with you." And I didn't know him like a crazy amount at the time, but mm-hmm. I, I've seen one of his fights. He fought on the zone. The zone's one of the biggest uh broadcasting networks of boxing. So I seen him I seen one of his fights with my dad. Me and my dad watch boxing all the time. So uh, I seen I'm like, yo, he's from Camden. I live right next to Camden. I live very close to Camden. So I'm like, yo, it'd be dope to work with this guy. So I followed him and then uh surprisingly later that night, or I think it was like yeah, I I, me- I had messaged him right afterwards, like later that night. And he said, "Yeah, whenever when you know whenever I come back from Houston, because he'll go out to camp in, in Houston, half Houston, half here." Okay. So he was like, "I got you." And surprisingly, the next night he was like, "You want to come out and take some pics at mm-hmm. the club?" With, with, you know, me and my friend, which is surprising because I didn't think he was ever going to respond back. Yeah. But you know, I go out and we were out to like 4 a.m. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a big partier. I'm not a big smoker. So uh, we go out partying and, um, well, they go out partying and I'm with them. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sure. You know, I, you know, I take I take the pictures and um, he's like dead drunk by the time the, the night ends. That's the first time I've ever met him. Remember that? <laughs> That's the first time I, I've actually spoke to him longer than a second. So um, it it was funny though, but uh, yeah, I, I posted, I sent him the picture. He was like, "Dog, I want you to, I need you to become my photographer." I'm like, "I got you." So then the next day is when I started uh, to to shoot boxing with him, and that's pretty much how how it went. And the 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 part of the reason why I was so conflicted with esports and boxing was mainly because of the fact that he had a fight in November, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I th- yeah, November I think it was. Yeah, he invitationals were were November's too. The same day that he fought was invitationals. Ah, uh. I had the chance to go to his fight to shoot, but I chose to do invitational, and that's why I was I was very conflicted going, you know, uh, 
a couple of weeks before, I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. Like on one hand, I have a, a great opportunity in boxing. On the other hand, I have a great opportunity in um in esports. And you know, obviously the latter, you know, the esports was the one that gave me the greatest opportunity. What it looked like in both, you know what I mean? In both decisions. Um so I picked esports. I didn't go to this fight. I did watch it at Panda's house. So I, luckily Panda let me watch it as it is. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I started working with him. And then uh after that, I, I, I've been his photographer. I've been on uh, the team for about a year now. I went to one of his I, I went to one of his fights in San Antonio. Uh, you know, I shot his cams. And also, guys, if you didn't know, he fights at 126, which I think is flyweight. Or super featherweight, somewhere around that. But he is fighting for a world title in January. So he's wow. gonna be fighting for a world title in January. Uh, so I'm real, we're real excited for that. But um, but yeah, the, I mean the ride's been dope. And then I got to work with one of his coaches, um, Coach Anthony on YouTube. He has 200,000 subscribers. So I do his uh, I do his thumbnails, edit some of his videos. I record with them pretty much on the daily. Uh, so yeah, that's really how I started doing Boston. How I progressed more and more, but that Boston was the reason I stopped doing esports. That makes sense. I mean, you had an awesome opportunity and especially get to work with a potentially world champion fighter. Like even if that guy doesn't win, you get to go to the fight, you get to be there for it. Hopefully he does, you know, I'll root for him. Um, and now it's giving you other opportunities because I feel like within esports, the whole kind of concept of capturing the story isn't, fully developed and understood whereas mm. boxing pretty much any mainstream sport I, I guess maybe football isn't really the best of this either maybe every once in a while someone has a cool story they'll do peace on it but anyway uh boxing is really good at capturing the story because it's like this guy versus that guy every fight is a build-up each boxer kind of has their own incentive to build up this whole storyline to create this buzz around a fight um and someone like you is perfect for doing that have you gotten better at like i shouldn't say better um you haven't had to do as much work as far as i know like storytelling with esports um maybe a couple of things that I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it seems like working with a fighter with your photography, are you doing any video with um Ray Ford? Yeah. Okay. I, I do. I, I do. Uh, since right now he's not fully at camp. So like, uh, and usually in the off seasons when, you know, we're working there, but right when he's in camp is when I, you know, I, I manage his TikTok as well too, as well. Uh, and his TikTok and YouTube. So uh, when he's on the all season, it's kind of very slow with him. So that's why I started picking up working with Coach Anthony. Um, so when once the season gets back, um, obviously I'm gonna start doing video. But I, I created two. Uh, I would say a docu series. It was. Uh, okay. It was two two episodes uh, of the training camp. Uh, one episode was I think it was like three actually. No, it was four. Four. It's a four part series. Um. Yeah. It it went through when we when he was here, in, in Jersey when when he started training camp, and then um, I couldn't I couldn't make it out to Vegas. I was supposed to go to Vegas for the rest of his training camp, but you know, uh, it was a couple like he was in a house with all different types of fighters, so I didn't have space for me. Uh. So, but he flew me out to San Antonio where he was fighting, 
we did I did two more episodes of that and then one last episode after the fact I believe uh so yeah that's and, and uh with esports I ha- I've done a couple storytelling things uh Elysia's announcement for okay. elite esports so that's like probably the one thing I would say that like uh that took a whole lot of creativity and storytelling to really like um show like that side uh other than that for esports i haven't really had to do a a a great amount of storytelling you know what i mean that's really the only thing do you feel like it's better worse indifferent do you feel like you learn more when you have to do this kind of stuff um because me personally that's the hardest part of like any sort of content is like create the why behind it um Mm. and a a good videographer photographer content creator is really good at like driving home why someone should care uh about whatever it may be right like say i I make food why you should care about the food that i'm making for you it's like why people should care about the boxer that you're filming is that something Mm -hmm. that you found a challenge is it something you enjoy doing yeah, I mean, it's always for me all my life. I felt like I, I struggled creativity wise. So really? any any yeah, so anything that 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 has really helped me open, uh, like help my creativity, is always gonna like like it's hard because there was nights, bro. There was nights that I like, I'm like trying to find an idea. You know what I mean? And I'm struggling to find these ideas, like having a block. Uh, so I said that's definitely the hardest part other than the shooting and, and the lighting, I would say probably the, the hardest thing is, is creativity. And, and even with boxing, um, you do so much, I've done so much of it that you need to do something new, right? I don't want to have the same cookie cutter approach to the way I do boxing because at, at the end of the day, he's not going to want to shoot with me if I'm doing the same things every single time. Mm-hmm. You always, so I always try to uh, be creative and be different, but I would say that's the hardest part because you don't want to be the same as everybody else, right? There's there's tons of other photographers that do buys, there's tons of other photographers that do esports, but what's the way I could be different from them? You know what I mean? Yeah. So um so but I I struggle with creativity like like for me personally um I do struggle with creativity I feel like. For me, I'm not creative. Like in my in my head, I'm not creative enough. You know what I mean? Like I always have to look for other people's um, like uh, you know, inspiration and stuff like that, and try to twist it into my own. But to find an idea that came straight off the my head is it, very hard for me to do. It's always been hard for me to do. I yeah, I would probably disagree. I would say based on your work, you're quite creative. <laughs> um might just be you feeling like you don't know but you actually do i think your work speaks for itself when you you get to see and watch what goes on um but also like that mentality will keep you going if you're like oh i'm Mm. not that great at this you'll constantly be working to get better and better um all right now let's let's talk about the fury and gano fight Uh, can Um, i say one more thing thing I, i would say uh i'm very good at um like judging myself right i feel like it's like i uh, like uh, self-reflection uh it's like the other day i did a studio uh studio shoot with ray ford uh for a good friend of mine he, he's one of his coaches his name's tori stevenson he's one of the, he's uh cousins with shakur stevenson one of the best writers in the world right now 
and um i did it for his merch line and studio i'm not great at studio whatsoever like they still came out good but i'm not great at studio so that's like one of the things i'm like damn i'm not good but i want to get better you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like for for everything I, i always strive to get better like um i would say the only downside to 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 trying to get better is my I'm gonna say my full equipment, but I've used the same lens for a really long time. Using the same focal length really discourages me because I don't want to get the same look every time. You know what I mean? But other than that, that I just wanted to make that point. Uh, but yeah, then Fury got actually uh, at, we actually scored that fight live Fury Ganu two days ago or three days ago on on Coach Anthony's channel. Okay, we all scored it. Coach Anthony, he's a world champion coach been 10 world title fights so he he really knows the ins and out so i scored it don't get me wrong Nganu, i know you're inclined to say Nganu one because of the fact that he's the mma fighter he's never boxed and i totally understand but i look at it from a pure boxing stance fury won that fight i think francis won everything else but the fight Okay. He's won everything else. He's won the contracts. He won. He's won the war at, at the end of it, but he didn't win the fight. That's yeah, how I look at it. I think for him, like I, not a huge boxing fan. I like boxing. I like watching MMA and UFC. Um, I think for him and me personally, just looking at it, it's awesome to see him just be competitive in the the entirety of the event because coming into that i'm like no way this guy's got no shot fury's gonna make him look stupid probably gonna mess around for like three rounds and then finally put it on him but i i think from that moment that ingaru knocked him down i'm like shit this is this is real this is like a real thing where he's gonna be competitive about this and I mean, I guess that's part of the Ngannou story where it's constantly like, you doubt me, I come in here and I I show you. So that was awesome. Good for him. I mean, I know he didn't win. I don't know enough about boxing to know whether or not he won. But Mm -hmm. I think overall, excitement-wise, just being able to watch something like that was so cool, watching like the crossover between those worlds and not watching crossover youtuber boxing yeah but don't get me wrong i actually like i'm a hardcore boxing fan but i do like watching crossover boxing like there's a couple of great fighters that crossover boxing i say one like dean the great me and panda are real big you know what I mean? like he 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 likes watching crossover boxing so we you know we definitely um we definitely bounce you know bounce each other's like ideas and we argue debate and all that stuff like that over certain things but so i'm i'm always going to be a hardcore boxing fan but my thing with Nganu is is like Nganu did what conor mcgregor didn't when he fought floyd mayweather uh and if you ever seen that fight floyd carried him the whole 10 rounds but um and ganu and a very uh special guy you you don't there's not going to be another guy in my opinion even in the ufc that's going to do what he did I, and sean o'malley i can't i can't uh say it's enough sean o'malley would not do what francis Ngannou did because one it's at a lower weight class yeah. which is a lot harder to to do what he did because uh, uh heavyweight is more unpredictable right so it's harder to, to judge a fight with a heavyweight because you don't know what the hell's going to happen. And Francis Ngannou has the sh- the hardest punch 
in all of UFC history. <laughs> so why not? Is he not going to have the hardest punch in boxing? So, um, so, <clears throat> but at the lower weights, it's very predictable uh, on what the outcome is. So if Sean O'Malley goes to fight Jonathan Davis, which is one of the biggest boxers in the world, he would lose to him. Because one is at a lower weight, and two, Jarrata Davis is very, very skilled. He's one of the best right now. But I think nobody can do what Ngano did, and I give props to Ngano 100%. But I did come into it, didn't think it was even going to be competitive. But I Same. think Fury took him very, very light because he already had a fight lined up right after that. You know what I, I mean? wonder if that fight even happens when it was supposed to now. That'll be no, interesting. No, no, no. It, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, I think they signed for like January, February. Okay, but um, but I think it w- it was one of those classic tales of uh, underestimating your opponent. And he says he's prepared and all that stuff like that. But you're you don't look like that and be prepared. Yeah, as a hardcore boxing fan, I know. Um, so, but I think he did win the fight, but very very narrowly. I had a five ninety four for Fury, so I mean I had him winning one more round. But I thought it was extremely close, and I think it was probably one of those fights where I'm like, I think us as boxers, uh, us as like hardcore boxing fans, I, I think there's a lot of very toxic, obviously, boxing fans. Same with MMA, but the boxing fans have to realize that a person can come into boxing and do well if they've never boxed before. You know what I mean? And that that's the one thing the hardcore boxing fans haven't got through their mind. And same with MMA. Like some MMA fans are are crazy delusional, thinking all these MMA fighters are gonna come in here and beat boxers. Yeah, like it, that's not how it works. Well, I but, think the the big thing is the only thing we've seen is kind of Floyd Mayweather toy with Conor McGregor for a little yeah. bit, and then like I don't that was not even that fun to watch, right? Exactly. And you, you see that, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's why I went into this. Like Ngannou has no chance. Like Fury's yeah. gonna mess around with him. He's going to make this fight last as long as he feels comfortable doing, and then he's going to put it on him, and the fight's going to be over. But, you know, shout out to Nganu for being able to push through what I did not expect to be even close, just like you. So, Nganu's a tough motherfucker, man. He's he's one of them. Like, that's how I knew. Like, and, and you got to remember, he started, he started MMA late and was a world champion ran through that whole division mm-hmm. except for like one fight um he pretty much ran through that division so i i was like maybe he could do something in, in boxing but i was also very skeptical of his technique of his you know what i mean um which and you know looking back in and out i was wrong 100 percent. and i'll <laughs> say i'm wrong i'm saying people think that i'm not gonna say i'm wrong. I'm, I, I'm gonna say i'm like i know i'm wrong that but I gave him a lot of props. He came in and, and did what nobody thought he was going to do. But I think uh, for him, it was definitely a financial. And I was just just watching a thing. Um, I don't know if you know Ariel Hawani. Yeah, I do. Uh, Ariel Hawani was arguing about Chael, with Chael Sonnen. Uh, he said that was a, a financial win for everybody in Francis. I say no. I say Francis was definitely, he got the financial win. But the Saudis pour so much money into that kind of stuff like so they don't care if they lose 10 million dollars like who cares they you know what i mean they have so much money they were like ah throw away 20 million who cares you know what i mean but uh, i think it was definitely a financial win for for francis anti-superior but um i think 
people have to start looking at it more as a boxing match instead of a, a, an emotional match. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like, don't look at it emotionally. Look, like, look at it in a sense of if you know boxing, boxing is um, the rules that the judges go by is uh, uh, ring generalship, uh, punches landed. And I believe it was defense. That's like the three major, three major things. And Tyson Fury definitely had more ring generalship. He threw more punches in the punch sets. He did throw more punches, but while it didn't look like it. And I would say he had better defense because of the fact that Engano didn't land more punches. Yeah. So that's what people don't have. That's what people have to realize. And like, I know punches don't mean everything in a boxing match, but they mean a whole lot. A jab is 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 one of the things that get a judge to be like, yeah, give him that round because he's jabbed. He's more active. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're putting so. something on somebody, like it's all about scoring points. People kind of look at it like a fight, but mm-hmm. the best boxers realize that it's not solely a fight. You also score points, and you exactly. make sure you got your your butt covered when it comes down to the scorecards. Exactly. Um, all right, want to wrap this up with you though because. We're about 50-ish minutes in, and you have been doing this boxing uh, shoots with Ray Ford. You got the fight coming up for the world title. Is this something where you think you would be able to work with several fighters, or at the moment are you just going to to work with one, focus on this, and then maybe down the road he he feels like he doesn't need a photographer anymore, you you go with somebody else? Like, How do you see the rest of your career going this way? I would definitely work with other fighters, but they have to be either on the level of, of them or have some uh, some sort of value to bring back. If that makes sense. So, uh, for me, he's the t- he's the the number one priority goes as, as it goes with with fighters. I always prioritize him, but if I also shoot with somebody else, uh, that that's not a particularly bad thing. It's like I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. On one basket, you know what I mean. Yeah, it makes I don't want to have all that eggs in one basket just to be like, and then and then get thrown away just in case. You know what I mean? I'm part of the team, and I'm very uh, we're very me and Ray are very close. Uh, so, but I would definitely work with other fighters if the offer presents itself. But the priority would be him because he's the one that gave me that first chance. You know what I mean? I go based off. Uh, off of who gave me that chance first and who uh, who's like shown more loyalty and I, like vice versa you know what i mean yeah. so um i would definitely work with other fighters if the offer presents itself but they have to have some type of value we can't just be a guy that that has that has no amateur fights no and just wants to be to shoot boxing with them full time no it's not who it's not would work. who would be like the dream person to work with whether it be in fighting or anything else uh, yeah. Are you talking about any sport? Any you get to work with okay. literally any person in the world. Who you picking? Oh damn, that's a, that's a great question. Um, damn, I'm not a big soccer fan, so I'm not gonna say Ronaldo. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a big soccer. Fan. But if I for I okay, I'm gonna name like two sports for football. I would say I I would I would love to work with um, trying see now it's blanked in my head. I would say Jalen Hurts is one of the one of the guys I would love to, or AJ Brown because I'm a okay. I'm an Eagles fan. Um, 
Let me think. Of, let, let me think of some other football player. I think one of them. I think one of my favorite basketball players, Demar Derozan. I would love to work with Demar Derozan. Um, Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't. Oh, all right. Podcast is over, guys. <laughs> no, but um, but I I would say uh, the only other football player other than Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, uh, would probably be I'm trying to. Try, I would say re- uh, recency bias, but I would say CJ Shroud, just because of the fact that how good he's been doing, and Bro's he's balling. a great guy. He, yeah, he's balling, and um. Uh, I actually one of the um, one of my friends named Mike DeLeon, He's also at a big box bay, but he started doing YouTube, and he started working for the Texans. So okay. the, I would love to work with the with with the Texans for for some work like that. For but for boxing, talking about boxing, um, man, there's so many names. I'd love to work with Shakur Stevenson, which I know will will definitely happen in the future. Um, for UFC. I, I you gotta you gotta pick Sean O'Malley. Love to work with Sean O'Malley. He just seems like a genuinely funny guy. So I, I'd love to work with that dude. But I can't really pinpoint one dream person where I'm like, yeah, I need to shoot with them. You know what I mean? Because yeah, hey, like, there's esports. I would say clicks. Esports. E- e- I would say clicks. And I've been close to working with clicks. I've been very close to working with clicks. But there's not one set person where I'm like, damn, like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Hey, man, that's why you have a really cool job. You can literally work with a bunch of people at once and continue to do your thing. But, Zach, I want to say thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Learn more about photography. Learn about some boxing today, which I kind of expected, but kind of didn't expect. I got more than I expected. Uh, But appreciate you, man. And uh, Do you have uh, anything that people should be looking out for? Where can people find you? I find me on any platform shot by Zach's all the same on YouTube, on Instagram, TikTok. It's all the same. Uh, I, if all goes right with the events in Fortnite, I will be back to, to do esports. Also, I also want to look into doing football. Um, but that's one of the main things. So be, keep your eye on that. If all goes well with Epic games and hopefully they announce some good, uh, in-person events. <laughs> At least, you know what I mean? Like they announced some, some in-person events. I will definitely be looking toward uh, getting on an Oregon and, and doing that stuff again because I really do like it. I really do love what I do and love that part of, of what I do too as well. But other than that, Shop by Zach's on all platforms. Make sure you tune in. I'm not going to say the date, but on the zone, Raymond Ford is going to fight for the world title. I'm not going to say where it is until it gets announced. You'll see that on my on my Twitter or X. But I appreciate you, SBG. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Of course. Um, that's shot by Zach's Z A X, not Z A C H or Z A C K. Um, definitely have made that mistake before when searching for your profile. <laughs> but thank you, man. And anybody listening, thank you guys. I know this was a little bit different of an episode, but I just like speaking to people I enjoy speaking to. So maybe more of these to come and you guys will get more variety as we go. Photographer, videographer is going to provide you different insights to anybody else that we've gotten to speak to. So if you guys enjoyed this one, let me know in the comments or give me a rating on the platform. You could always send me a DM. Somebody's gone on X. That's all we got. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.